Hello there and welcome to season two, episode three of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, along with my good pal, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing on this pretty uh, pretty chilly, chilly nowadays in the late October Thursday night? Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, from across the globe, from the closet here in North York. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Nick, I kind of feel like a bag of beans today. I had uh, probably 12 cookies today. Uh, Della brought home a, a big old bag of cookies, and I, I promised I wouldn't eat them all, and uh, they're half gone, so I don't feel so good today, but uh, I'm going to push it out just for the Rink Moose family here. So, so, so much get for the through. firefighter diet. Uh, yeah, yeah, momentary lapses of judgment. <laughs> you know what it was? It was Thanksgiving. Every time I go up to my oh, mom's house, yeah. I just come back a little bit heavier, and then it just uh-huh. it's hard to, to keep that away, so... How how was uh, how was the Jeep? How's the Jeep holding up? It was great. Yeah, I, I was surprised. Yeah. I was so happy because every time we asked to go somewhere, my mom would say, "Hey, yeah, uh, just take the Jeep. Just take the Jeep." Oh, awesome. I never asked for it, but she knew. She knew I wanted it, so it was uh, it was super cool. We had a, and, a really and no, nice weekend. No getting no getting stuck in a ditch this time, right? Oh come on! I'm 23 <laughs> now. <laughs> Those days are gone. I. You know what? I, I I wouldn't even ask for that kind of thing. I, I would I would know better this time. If it's not my vehicle, I'm not going to put it in a hazard situation. That's the lesson we've learned here, ladies and gentlemen. Fair enough. How's uh, your uh, so Thanksgiving yeah, this is there? this is our this is our first episode uh, covering the actual season. It's it's been two weeks from today, two weeks ago, uh, the the season started. So lots of observations that we uh, we have to get out there. Um, so what do you, what do you have to start here? There's a lot to get to. So what, what's really, what's on your mind the most here? Uh, that's an easy one, Nick. Uh, like every time we've got to start with our Pierre gasms. If you've got any. Oh yes, of course. Um, so what you want to know what's latest in his life? Yeah. Just any, any little quips that you might have yeah. that, uh, that are even half shareable. Well, he did most recently. I mean, he just huge news. The other night he was in Montreal. It was the first time he did a game in Montreal in a very long time. So uh, that was he, he. He was very happy about that. Um, but but other than that, he did release to the public his favorite team to watch right now in the NHL. Can I guess? Um, would you like Can to I take guess? a stab at this team? Colorado Avalanche. He says the Colorado Avalanche are the best team in the NHL right now. Yeah, that's what he said, and and it's funny because we don't like him and I. You you might assume we don't disagree a lot because you might just say I'm a carbon copy of 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 the premier. Yeah, but but to tell you the truth, he 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 really loves Colorado, and he's he's been very hard on Minnesota, San Jose, the, the teams that I really like. So uh, yeah, he's he's been very much you know talking about how great they are and and how much. You know how more depth they have now with with Kadri and and Donskoy and Burakovsky. That whole second line is a new, fresh face, new second line, mm-hmm. and and he's he's very on them. And then of course he's also going to be you know talking up Kale McCarr and and the bit the big the big line up there. Always so, yeah. yeah. So I thought you'd enjoy to hear that. Um, very high uh, on Colorado. Hmm. 
Well, I'm surprised about the Montreal thing because I thought he almost got canned from N- NBC. So I'm surprised so, well, he's, he's in that big market game there. So what's happening with with uh, the NBC is he's off the main games, the Wednesday nighters, the ones like Pittsburgh, Colorado last night. But yeah. he's been demoted to the kind of in-between games in, in the middle of the week, like a Tuesday night or a Thursday nighter. So like last, so he was doing Tampa, Montreal, which isn't considered a premier rivalry game. And yeah. then tonight he's also doing Rangers in Jersey, which is a big game. So oh, yeah. he's not doing the marquee game with the big crew, but he, he's kind of doing his own little thing on the side. They, they just, they're taking it really easy with him after mm-hmm. the, the big scandal last year. <laughs> yeah, true. All right. Well, why don't um, we here, start? No, off? well, here's my hold on. One more thing. Before, yeah. Uh, for Colorado, uh, when when do you think they're going to break up that top line? Because I'm getting a little antsy. I don't think they're going to break up the top line. Why would you think that? Uh, just just to kind of you know getting ready for the playoffs when when the the other team's going to match up against your top line. They're going to break it down, kind of d- diversify the offense. You know, so you have two weapons instead of just one. And and, well, and the cadre the cadre owner in me want, wants them you know do, to do that obviously. Well, here what I've said it many times this year and last, uh, they can match up against the top line all they want. It, for the most part, it's hard to contain that line regardless of who's matching up against them. So uh, they haven't done it in recent memory uh, to any sort of consistency. So I, I would imagine it stays together. And then you, we like we just said that second line all of a sudden has a bit of punch of their own. So I think they're they're quite content. Maybe mm. he tries it here and there for a game, but uh, I think Kadri is is fine chugging away on that second line. Hey, you should be li- you should be just happy you're on that top power play. Just just count those blessings, count those crows, and uh, and don't get too greedy here with this top line nonsense. I mean, he is the decoy on the power play, but you know I digress. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. is still it's still a spot on the power play. And 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 one more. I I, th- I don't know. I think if they go on, a, obviously things are going well for them. But if there's a very bad stretch, which I assume will happen, because let's be honest, a lot of their schedule was home intensive. Their first four games were at home. Opponents being Minnesota, Arizona. I mean, th- those are pretty easy cookie cutter matchups. So I, I think as they get more on the road, uh, they just lost to Pittsburgh. They're going to be in Tampa in a few nights. I, I think they'll start to you know fall down to what they really are which is a playoff team but not an elite playoff team. Oh my and gosh. uh and then and then we'll see what happens from there. But but Phil Grubauer for whoever snagged him in the draft, he's probably <clears throat> the goalie steal of the draft so far. Mm. Um yeah, I mean he, he's the decisive number 1 there and he seemingly he's winning every game. Hey, don't forget they beat Boston and Washington with relative uh well, Boston wasn't easy, but yeah, they they handled Washington pretty good. I mean, they've been uh I think they're, I they're, it's they're just, an elite. It's cookie cut. When you get your first four at home, it's it's a bit of a cookie cutter, and uh, and 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 I'm I'm just interested to see what happens here moving forward because because we know that team they're dominant at home. The commentators get into it, the fans get into it. It's like a WWE wrestling match when they're at home, <laughs> but then on the road it's it's different. Boy, do I love those guys, man! Oh my god, still the best. Never duo. get old. All right, shall we move? Yeah. I figure since we're doing our bi-weekly business now, it, it, I think it'd be appropriate to do uh, you know, a, a bi-weekly check-in and on our favorite prospects in hockey. I think that'd be a nice little early show segment. So, I mean, I'll, I'll kick it off here. 
I will take, just because I've got the data in front of me, I'll take a quick dive into Lafreniere and Byfield, uh, both off to extremely good starts here. Uh, but there's one thing I do want to point out, which will be interesting to some. Uh, so Lafreniere has another four-point game last night, good goodness. Uh, he's got 11 games, 9 goals, 20 assists for 29 points. As some people have pointed out, that uh, that point-per-game rate is technically a generational point-per-game rate. That's in McDavid territory. That's that's amongst the elite, elite CHL point-per-games out there. So that's really amazing so far. Byfield, no slouch at all. This, uh, quite an amazing jump from what we were seeing last year. 10 games, 8 goals, 12 assists for 20 points. That's a 2 points per game. Again, incredible numbers for a man so young. Now, here's the one thing I want to point out at you, Nick. The shots on goal tell a little bit of a different story. The big boy, the big byfield, is averaging 3.2 shots per game. So he's at 32 on the season. Uh, and you can imagine how crazy that, uh, that shooting percentage must be. I think it's around 35%. Now, meanwhile, Lafreniere is averaging 5.55 shots per game. He's got 61. So in just one more game, he's doubled up the shots that uh, Byfield has, suggesting it's going to be a lot more sustainable. And I, I think he's doing a lot of his point getting with sheer skill rather than his, uh, his size and his strength. So I think uh, there's a good chance Lafreniere can keep up at least a little bit of this incredible, incredible pace. Whereas I see Byfield coming back down to earth just a little bit with that shooting percentage just through the roof there. Yeah, I mean, I the Byfield, I mean, it's fascinating. Like, like I've told you off the air, watching those highlights is like watching... Um, it, it's like in that like Canada-Russia movie from the 70s. Of, of like watching the Russians on like the shitty projector screen of like the shitty quality televisions, but they're just dominating. Mm. Like the goalies making saves, the big guys are de destroying the other guys on the ice. Like it's this shitty quality. You can barely see what's going on, but there's this big brooding force just putting the puck in the net, like Byfield's been doing. That mm -hmm. that's kind of what it reminds me of watching these highlights. Um, they're just dominant goals. They're like they're like sniper goals that other guys aren't doing. Um, so yeah, he stands out, but then like, you got to give credit to other guys too. Like I've been like, obviously I follow the OHL most closely because those are the games I've been going to. And like the, the Kaliev kid on the Kings, he leads the league in shots with 47 and his point per game is, is just as good, if not better than Byfield right now at 19 points in just the nine games. So albeit he's an older player by year, but immediately it looks like the Kings got a steal with that second round pick. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, Philip Tomasino's up there. I saw him live just the other, uh, just the other night. Um, he looks as good as ever. I think Nashville has an elite playmaking, uh, player there. He, he just skates like the wind, uh, high hockey sense. Um, not sure about his character. Uh, I won't <laughs> really get into that. That was more off the air. It's just some stuff I was talking with Kyle about. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, he, he, he really impressed me. And, and of course, Shane Wright, you know, just last week, I, I called it his coming out party. He scored uh, two goals in the game. One was a very nice goal where in front of the net, he directed the puck off his skate into his uh, onto this onto his stick and put it away. It was a very nice, you know, high hockey IQ, good, good reflex goal. And then, of course, he scored the game winner, which they, they actually aired on Sportsnet. So like he's kind of building this 
this uh, people are getting to know who he is now because he's on mm-hmm. he's starting to be on national television and and it's good I, scoring like a game winning goal and winning their first game of the season it was their first win in seven games I mean that's what it's going to do for you so those are my small little um, you know uh, observations so far at least just OHL speaking. Right on. I think there's a lot of reasons uh, for both of us to be very, very excited about this coming World Juniors. I think, uh, I think I can speak for both both of us saying it's probably the most exciting one to think of in in a while, at least for myself. I've ne- I've never thought about the World Juniors until about the end of November. I never really <laughs> think about it. Wow. And and imme- and immediately like last month, like as early as September, I was already we were already talking about the projected roster. And what the U.S. is going to come with, and what Canada is going to come come up with, and who's mm. going to be better? Because you know, of course, the U.S. dominated the draft last year, so you ha- you assume a lot of those guys are going to come out. But then Canada is going to dominate the draft this year, so you you assume a lot of those guys are going to come out. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be very interesting um, to see what they do here. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, very exciting stuff. I want to I want to post you a general manager question. Just throw your GM hat on right now. We're in June of 2020. I mean, we've just gone over these two players. You know all the details about them. Your team has won the lottery. You have a need for a center. But you're looking at this draft table, these rankings, and you know Lafreniere might be the better player here. What do you do? Do you kind of trade it back? Do you just take the center, the young center who's who's big and tall and mean? Or do you just play it safe and take the winger and figure it out from there? It's tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely based on your organizational need. I think a lot can be said about a, a, a not only a dominant center, but a big dominant center. I don't think there's a lot of them out there. I mean, mm-hmm. he they had him. They interviewed Byfield the other night, and he and they asked, "Who do you compare yourself to? Who's the guy you compare yourself to?" You know what he said, Kyle? Do you know Malkin? Yes, he said number know. seventy-one on Pittsburgh, and uh, and and uh, to me, if I'm a GM, that that si- sign me up for that. Yeah. Um, you know, of of course, I don't I don't know the other players as well. I don't know Laugh as well. That's just my bias. But to me, this is a this Gord Miller said it himself. This is a superstar, and and the fact that there's a chance he could drop to like the third pick or even the fourth pick mm-hmm. is just is just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think that same perception is is on anymore, because because the pace he's going at, and if this production continues, I can't see him dropping that far. But uh, but this is this is just really something, uh, and and I would have no hesitation in taking him first overall right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'd have I'd have more I'd have more of a challenge doing that. I think I would take best player available. Like historically, first overall guys tend to do, and then I just figure it out from there. I maybe I'd make a trade or 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 something. I I wouldn't want to give up on this uh, this generational type talent. Of Lafreniere, but I I see the appeal. Noting too that in a draft that's so good, it's sort of rare because uh, they don't have so so many elite superstar potential centermen. Most of the forwards at the mm-hmm. top of the top of the draft here are wingers. Maybe the next guy b- below Byfield is Anton Lindell, who's very good. I wouldn't call him superstar potential. Perfetti. So, uh, yeah, is he? A, but but he even he's dropped off. Like yeah, you but, look at flip the coin guys who are having a slow start. He's only got two goals in eleven games, and this is yeah. a guy who they said is is the next. He's he's a Cole Caulfield like. He's a sniper. Yeah, so you know? he worries me, and he and like he's getting assists, but like what? Where are the goals coming coming yeah, from? They're not there. 
so he's going to have to prove a little bit more. And I, and I could definitely see a, a team looking at that player as maybe more of a winger at the NHL level too. But uh, right now he's a center and he's got uh, he's got to pick it up because I was excited about this guy. Hey, you know who's mm-hmm. got to pick it up too is uh, that uh, Hendricks Lapierre. Not off to a great start either. So Craig Button's list isn't looking too hot right now. <laughs> Who had Lapierre at two <laughs> and, right. and Perfetti at three. Boy, right. oh boy. Button's and, and then, somewhere course, hiding. If, <laughs> if you want to flip you know, to the other subject, the top-ranked defenseman, mm. it, it's got to be the, the, the Drysdale kid, right? Yes, and he's been very good. Yes, 12 points in nine games. Yes. Um, and he's playing a lot of minutes. And uh, and he, the highlights of him, he just looks great. I, I really like watching him. He fits that Kale McCarr mold of just the, the yeah. great skating defenseman um, who can really patrol all sides of the ice. Um, that's a guy who, like, he's like my guy. Like, if, if I'm a Kings fan and I don't get one of those top two picks, he's the guy I'm happy to take at, like, number six or seven, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see him going in the top five depending on need as well. Wow. But. Yeah, he. I mean, he could if he does this all year. And some guys, like you know, who's not doing very well either. Lucas Raymond isn't doing great. He's got like three mm-hmm. points in eleven games. Mind you, it's a very tough league, um, mm-hmm. the Swedish league there. But yeah, if he if he keeps doing that, you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Drysdale could could drive for sure. He could he could mm-hmm. jump up. But how, uh, do, yeah. how do you how do you see him compared to like a Bowen Byram? Um, that's tough as far as potential. That is tough. You know, I, I actually think he he might be a better skater than Bowen. I think, I, I oh, think, of course. Yeah. Like he's I, probably not an all-around, is highly touted all-around talent. Yeah, I, th- I think Bowen maybe has a better mind for the game, but maybe pure skill-wise, raw skill. Mm-hmm. I think Drysdale's got him there. And uh, nice. if he matures this year, then perhaps they can really even out a little bit more. So, yeah, that that's a close call. That That's a good comparison to make. Alrighty. Well, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, and that's another guy, Byram, who's going to be on that World Junior team too. Another reason to just get so hyped for this tournament. I can't wait. And and again, uh, like Drysdale can't be on that team, right? Uh, it's super super long shot. He might make the camp roster, but a mm-hmm. defenseman in their draft year, it's rare. It's like mm-hmm. it was Ryan Ellis. Um. Ekblad did that. Uh, not much else. Really not much so who, else. So who in their draft year will be on that team? Lafreniere, Byfield. Uh, you might see that Justin Barron on the back. He's going to be draft year eligible. Mm, yeah, really not much else. You might see so Perfetti. Perfetti won't be there. You might. He, he'll he make camp yeah. if, if he starts to perform. And mm. they're going to be very tempted with that whole... You know, Perfetti, Byfield, uh, under-18, Halinka Magic. So mm-hmm. if they can recapture some of that, they might just sneak on and Perfetti might be that 13th guy that you deploy as your kind of spark plug, uh, kind of, you know, skilled guy you just keep in your back pocket. I could see that for sure, but he, he doesn't play that role-player style. You remember how, mm-hmm. uh, how they utilized McKinnon as more of a fourth-line guy, and that didn't work out too well, so... Yeah, it, it's going to be hard for him, but I'd love to see it. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. Well, why don't we start off this first uh, topic here on uh, the Edmonton Oilers? 
Mm-hmm. That is, uh, boy, I don't know if any of us st- saw this coming. And really at the forefront of Oilers' madness has got to be James Neal. How can it not be? So Neal actually leads the league in goals right now. And I'm pretty sure he's already tied his uh, previous season total. I think he's at like seven, which what is just what he had last year. Uh, now watching him personally with the eye test, uh, he's not creating most of the goals for the most part. But uh, he's ex- doing the exact job they're asking him to do. Stand in the right spot. Use that finisher's touch. Just tap in those goals. The occasional snipe here and there. Uh, it's, it's a player the Oilers have needed forever because they've got all this great center talent with no one to feed. So uh, Neil's a great story. Boy, Calgary mucked that one up. How could... Def- <laughs> and there's still people trying to defend that trade. But um, the real story for me here, uh, James Neal's the the story for the media to eat up, but McDavid, after a full summer of knee rehab, the guy didn't touch the fucking ice for the most part over the summer with the best stretch of his career. Certainly the best start of his career, but this is like among the best stretches he's ever had in his career. He's got like 19 points in like eight games or something. I just, it, that's mind-blowing. Uh, yeah. dry, dry has been just as impressive. Those guys are one and two in points and also ice time. Uh, dry is number one in ice time with just over 25 minutes. My God. Wow. Uh, no player has ever sustained 25 minute average in national hockey league history. So that'll come down. Um, and my biggest regret, Nick, from this whole process so far is not taking Leon in the draft. What, uh, mm. what was I thinking with my two picks? I don't like that at all. So that, uh, it has me a little sad, but uh, I'm super happy for Edmonton. Good for the fans. I'm shocked on how, how amazing they're doing, but uh, I'm here for it. I certainly am. You know, it's funny because going even just going back to the first game of the season, I remember vividly I was watching the Leaf game with some friends, the Leafs in Ottawa, and then when that wrapped up, they went right to uh, uh, Vancouver, Edmonton. And they were doing this player intro for Edmonton. And and all these laughs laughs were exchanged and all these chirps were thrown by all oh. of us when they were introducing this AHL roster. Like yeah. it was awful. Like it was like who is Ethan Bear? Like who is Bear? I've never heard of Bear. <laughs> who is Gaetan Haas? Oh H A A S Haas. Like, uh, I didn't know. I've never heard of these guys. Joachim Nygaard. Like, I'd never heard of these guys. And they're on their opening night roster. And then after the game, uh, there's 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 news of Adam Larson, their assistant captain, getting injured. And he's going to be out for a month. Mm. Like, like, it was like, this team is not going anywhere. Koskinen and Smith are your two goalies. Mike Smith, in my mind, is the worst goalie in the NHL. No. Uh, he just looks, he looks awful all the time. Um, and Koskinen, of course, is the laughing stock because he got that contract extension last year, which, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of pundits out there say wasn't even, you know, earned or warranted. So it was a joke. And, and by no means did I see this team going anywhere. And mm-hmm. yet here they are um, with what, six and one record? Is that, what I, is that that what they're looking at right now? Yeah, definitely top five in the NHL. I think it's, I think it's six and one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, to be fair, it's been an easy schedule. If you look at who they've played, I mean, uh, you know, they they had Vancouver, L.A., Islanders, Jersey, Rangers, Chicago. Like, those are all shitty teams, let's be honest. Fair, fair. So I think the true Oilers will 
you know, by 82 games, you will see this team form into what we think it is. Um, I don't see this sustaining itself. I don't see James Neal sustaining himself. I I agree with you. When you watch him play, you like those goals he's scoring, they're fucking pathetic. Yeah. They're like beerly. They're goals that your dad scores when you invite your dad to play shinny with your friends. Yeah. Right? It's like he can't skate. You, you want to be a nice guy, so you pass him the puck, and he puts it in from like the weirdest <laughs> angle, and he, yeah. he looks uncomfortable as, as fuck doing it. Yeah. Like that. That's it's like a dad goal. And James Neal is scoring a bunch of dad goals right now. So, um, yeah, eight goals nonetheless. He, he got his first assist last night of the season, which is very funny. Eight boy, goals and zero boy. assists is a very funny stat record to be walking around with. But it's crazy. nonetheless, I mean, he's 85% owned in Yahoo. People are on the bandwagon, me, myself being one of them. And uh, we are going to ride this out as, as long as it lasts. <laughs> as long as we can, yeah. Actually, it's funny. One of his goals I remember vividly. It's just power. It's power play. He's parked in front of the net. Dry. <laughs> he doesn't move his stick. He's just sitting there like a stone statue. Dry yeah. style just fucking fires it at his tape, and it's in the net. I was like, oh, yeah, there you exactly. go. I could do that. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Or, or he's scoring from the most impossible angle on, on the goalie's red line, <clears throat> like to his very left. He just like puts it along the ice, and it happens to go five hole on, on Varlamov <laughs> and the Islanders. Like it, It's just ugly. You know who's probably feeling like a total bird right now? Who's that? Bradshaw. <laughs> Bradshaw? Fucking Bradshaw with the number one overall pick in the oh, NHL yeah. draft. Yeah, five and he five fucking... points last night for McDavid. He doesn't yeah. show up to the draft until his first overall pick is gone. And he right. auto-drafts Kucherov. Kucherov. Now, some say that might have been a good pick either way. Yeah. I am of the opinion you do not pass on Connor for the next five years of a, of a fantasy hockey league. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. It's a, tu- it's a tough blow. Oh, it's a tough boy. Blow. And especially Kucherov with like fucking three point, four points in six games or whatever the hell he's got. Yeah. Looking totally human. Boy, oh yeah. boy, what a slap. What a slap. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I, think I'm, that's going to age well. I'm in shock. I am in shock with how good those two players are. I fucking... I love this team for those two guys. If not for those two guys, this team can burn. But those guys are unbelievable to watch. Best duo in the NHL. And uh, whoever's on their third line makes it the best line in the NHL. I think those but, guys are But crazy. again, like, like concerning things, right? Like they Apparently they had 52 <clears throat> shots against last night. Oh sh- no! Like, yeah, like you're, you're outshot fifty-two to twenty-six. Yeah, like that's that's not sustainable. But and I don't think I don't think what they're doing is sustainable at all. But my question is this: Can two Hart Trophy candidates on one team will a team into the playoffs? Two Hart guys. I mean, we've like we saw Taylor Hall do it with the New Jersey Devils, and he didn't have much going on around him either. I think they could do it, man. Like if if those guys just fucking put up numbers every night, and goalies are average, man, who knows? Maybe they'll they'll snatch a wild card. I don't know. It's gonna be fun to watch. What they've proven so far is that they can beat up on the on the weaklings, and that is something. That means something. Mm-hmm. And they've done it consistently. And, right, and not to mention, uh, big shout out. I'm gonna <clears throat> pat myself on the back here. Um, you should be getting on the Oscar Clefbaum bandwagon ASAP. I mean, he's just he's playing 25 minutes a night, mm. and uh, he's essentially getting all the minutes with the big boys. I had a Darnell Nurse, 
and it's translated to nine points in seven games from the back end, um, including, you know, an elite shot rate, which he's been known to do during yeah. the course of his career. So if if you haven't, if he's in your league, he's 70% owned right now. If he's still sitting there, uh, do not hesitate to pick him up because uh, mm-hmm. that was uh, I was very happy about that pickup myself. Yeah, I went looking for him the other day and I noticed he was gone. So <laughs> some people are just a little quicker, but I'd rather have Chernak at the end of the day anyways. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Unless you got another thing to say on Edmonton. I'm done with Edmonton. They your, your, your predictions aren't looking too, uh, too frosty right now on Edmonton. What predictions? I think you had them at like the bottom of the, the damn Pacific. They're still going to be bad. No. Come, Come on. on, but not I'm as not bad. Get, as you like said. I'm not. I told you, it's not sustainable. Those were easy matchups, easy teams they beat. Okay, you beat Chicago, you beat New Jersey, you beat L.A. Like, show me, show me, show me the teams you can actually who are going to occupy those playoff spots. Beat them, you know. We'll see. We'll beat see. San Jose. Oh, they can beat San Jose. We'll see. Okay, moving right along. I'm just, I'm skeptical. I like the coach. I like what he's doing, the structure, you know, and all that. It all sounds great. It sounds like something that I'm in line with. But uh, again, I don't know if two stars can can will a team to a playoffs in this mm. in this NHL. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, speaking of two stars, uh, if I had a Hart Trophy vote at this point of the season, my vote would go to Sidney Crosby. Mm. The Pittsburgh Penguins. How many of us counted out Pittsburgh at the beginning of the year? I think we showed them some love just because of, like we said, the Hall of Famers there. But uh, yeah, a large group of, of hockey pundits didn't like this roster before the season began, and then things got catastrophic. You had Malkin start off the season looking great, and then the poor guy, out more than a month, long-term injury, he's gone. And then Bugstad, a staple on the third line, an all-around great player, he's gone. Galchenyuk's gone after that. Uh, and then a little bit of minor guys as well. There was a point, Nick, where they had some defensemen on the fucking fourth line wing. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is nuclear. This team's going to bottom out. How could this mm-hmm. team not bottom out? And then they started winning games. And I was like, what what's going on here? And I'm looking at, and I'm watch, watching these games. And I'm like, first of all, Matt Murray's doing his job. Second of all, this guy named Sidney Crosby is just... He's got this extra gear that he only touches when people count them out. When they're like, ah, mm-hmm. Crosby's done. He can't do it. This team's going to suck. And he's lifted this team out of this cloud of doubt that surrounded them. And uh, and now they're in a, a, a pretty lofty spot in that Metro. They just beat the undefeated Colorado Avalanche last night. So I know guys like Steve Dangle and company, they're like, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh's winning some games, but do it against a real team. That was a real team the other night. I'm telling you that right now. Um, and, and without the goal, this, of course, you got to talk about the goal. Oh, the goal was incredible. I don't know how he did it, but he just... He kind of found the puck in the air along the boards. A slick little toe drag, wait, patience, patience, holds looks, and then just tuck it in. And I was like, come on, man. That's crazy. Yeah. And Nathan that- McKinnon on the bench, they all the cameras go to him. What, what are you going to say, pal? <laughs> and then he responds with a nice goal of his own later. I wish I could have seen that. Good for NBC for getting a great game out of those two teams. But, hey, without this player, this team is probably in the dog, in the dog shit. Let's be honest. They're... They're not winning these games without this player. It, it's it's a sensitive time in their season, but his play has probably saved things, at least for now. 
he has literally kept this team on the tracks um and it's it's been incredible to watch and then of course another guy i gotta mention and this is someone who i was hard on at the start of the year even though go. i own him in fantasy pat your back is, again <laughs> yeah pat my back again i'll happily do that jake gensel's leading this team in goal scoring he's got five goals um he's got seven points in seven games uh elite shot rate uh he's getting the hits he's 27th ranked in yahoo like i didn't know who this guy was before this year and 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 i was ready to trade him he was the, he was the first guy i was going to trade i was going to offer you know kyle gensel for binnington and and oh, now boy. i don't want i don't want to make that deal i i like i like this gensel i watched this pittsburgh team crosby's always finding him the puck there there was like last night uh, Gensel almost scored with like 30 seconds left in the game. Matt Murray, or sorry, uh, Grubauer just having to make a lucky save off his mm. shoulder. But Gensel's mm. firing the puck and, and he's right there with Crosby all the time. I like this duo. Like as someone who didn't really, you know, watch, watch them too closely in years past, I'm, I'm very high on Gensel. He's on that top power play. Um, he looks sustainable. Like he looks like a guy who's primed and ready to have, you know, another 40 goal season, if you ask me. Hmm. So I guess you stumbled into a decent pick there. I stumbled, yeah. Like it's not sexy. Like I, no, I'd rather not. draft a sexy name at number at my round five pick. You yeah. know, like yeah. j just to put this into into context. The other guys going in round five, um, Pedersen, you oh. know, uh, Yossi. Oh, uh, uh, those are sexy names. But like Gensel doesn't pop out. Like doesn't doesn't get all the fanfare and all the attention. But uh, you know, I had I, I, like we said, I had one second left on the draft board on, on the on the clock. I was hovering over him. I almost didn't get him, and and I just went for it. And uh, and yeah. I've been very happy so far. So I'm I'm hoping it sticks. I hope Crosby stays healthy because, of course, let's be oh, honest, he, he's riding the bus here. We we can talk about Gensel all we want, but w without Crosby, I I think his value <laughs> is really diminished. And um, you know, I I hope I hope they just keep it up as as a Gensel owner. I want them to keep this up. Yeah, they're they're and really Murray's been great. Story. Murray's been good too. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and that's good because I mean he started the season so badly last year and had a, just such a strong finish, so that's good for him. And we know his injury history and all that, so good for him. Uh, but now, like, I want to talk about if you're good with Pittsburgh, I want to well, talk about uh, uh, what's what's the news now on Malkin? When when can we expect <clears throat> him back? Uh, when when November that's the thing. It, it's. It's very ambiguous right now. They haven't said what it is. They said soft tissue damage. Uh, they said more than a month, and we didn't get much else. So that could be November. That could easily be December. Um, they said more than a month, and they left it at that. So it's hard to say, but I know he's not skating right now. He's just, I saw him shooting some pucks, but with no real effort there. It's going to be a while. Don't really, don't really think about him for a while, put it that way. And my other question is, from fantasy, like, who's stepping in for him? Like, who can you rely on on Pittsburgh to get you points other than those two guys we've talked about? Because mm. there's there's got to be a void. Like, with, without those two guys, who's who's stepping up and, and getting those points? Is it Galchenyuk? Is it, yeah. uh, is it a bigger role for Justin Schultz? Is it a Dominic Simone? Like, who who is this? I know uh, Jared McCann has stepped into a center role. I think they're kind of swapping that two-three line to be just kind of interchangeable. Uh, but I don't know if you can rely on him for points necessarily. I think Galchenyuk is going to find a nice home on that first power play. But again, 
I dropped him very early. I don't know if you can rely on that guy. Uh, Schultz has looked pretty good. Obviously, Latang has looked amazing. Uh, and then Hornquist, when he's healthy, God forbid, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a good player to have too. He he looks like his his usual self, so that's great. And I mm-hmm. think they're waiting on Brian Russ to come back too. Uh, and he okay. is a is a very he's a usual on that Crosby line when he is healthy. Uh, he he gets some pretty good minutes there. So when he is back, that might be the guy you look for for that five on five time, but. Probably your best bet's Galchenyuk just for his power play uh, presence and his, I guess you could call it upside, but I've never liked the guy. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you could you could call it upside. Maybe that's something to watch. Don't jump on it now, but watch it. Mm-hmm. But then, that being All said, right. I don't like much outside of Crosby and, and whoever he's with. So, I mean, if the, if the power play, for whatever reason, stops rolling... And if it's not Gensel or Crosby, drop it like a fucking hot potato. Yeah. That's my that's, no, that's my that's mind fair. at least. Yeah. But, Who do you got uh, now? You know what? This is a, a topic that I have really become rosy to over this uh, season so far. It's probably my favorite storyline of them all, which is the New Jersey Devils and the fumbling of Jack Hughes, the next great American star. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine my uh, my excitement watching these. Okay, stat just to lines put unfold. this into perspective before you go, I called Kyle last week about something not league related, something out like actually mm. hockey, like playing related, mm. and uh, and the first thing Kyle brought up about the NHL, like we hadn't spoken <laughs> since the start of the season, it had been a whole week. The first thing he says over the phone is, "Have have you seen Jack Hughes?" <laughs> <laughs> That, that was your comment. Um, so you're giddy on this, and, and please elaborate, because I don't know what you find so funny about this this young kid having a rough start to his career. I'll try to give you a little bit of backstory. So, you know, the fans of Rink Moose know that I, I'm not too fond on the guy. I, I don't like his, uh, his off-ice character all that much. There's been some examples cited there. Uh, obviously, he's this stud American kid who, you know, I don't, I don't tend to latch on to those too much unless his name's Jack Eichel. So already the the odds are stacked against some in my favoring books. And then you've got guys like just these know-it-all, snippy little uh, analytics-loving dickheads on Twitter going, "Oh, look at him performing in preseason. Oh, he's too small, huh? <laughs> like all this shit. Like they're all they're just talking shit about how all the some of the ex- experts are like, I don't know if this kid's ready. He's a little bit small. And they're all, they were shoving it in people's faces. So now here we are, eight games in, zero points, minus five, uh, like three shots. And I've, I've watched some of these plays, Nick. It, it's been fun for me to, to, to take a gander. Like, he is so fucking small. It's not just his height, it, it's his weight. He falls like a he flops on the deck like stanley in a fishing boat like it Mm. just it it's i've never seen an nhl player go down so easily he's soft uh he can't when he tries to body a player or or split the d and try to use his 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 muscle there he falls like and and it's it's taking away from his skill because uh what what he's finding out sure you can be a great skater but if if you go down at the first sign of contact then you're done 
And and I'm sure he's he's had some pretty good advanced stats. All oh, the fucking idiots on Twitter are quick to point that out. Oh yeah, look at this course he fucking whenever Jack Hughes is on the ice. I don't give a shit. Your team's 0 for 8 and the guy's got zero points. And it was funny because I'm I'm looking at him on the three on three. I I was keen to watch this. New Jersey was playing uh, someone in three on three, and I'm like, this is this must be where he shines. He's mm-hmm. got to do something here. The skater, the the generational edges, like fucking Pronman said. Where are the where's this generational lateral agility? Falls left, right, and center. Didn't get any open ice. Taylor Hall made him look like a fucking double uh, A player in midget. Like this guy was just not looking good at all, and he hasn't looked good. Um, my recommendation, yeah, shoot him down to the AHL. Who gives a shit? For those of you who didn't know, no one has ever come straight out of the NTDP right into the NHL. It's never been done in the history of the league. He's the first guy to do it. And go figure, he doesn't look that that good doing it. Um, so I think he needs some AHL time. I think everyone's getting on him. Like it, it's it's not a good mental state to be in as a young player. Uh, this guy with seemingly so much confidence. This like people are turning on this guy. They're calling him a bust. That is probably haunting his nightmares. Um, so that that's fun for me uh, just to watch. I'm sure he'll snap out of it. But listen, he's not putting up points this year. If you've got him in fantasy, I don't have any advice for you there because you can't sell low. Just know they're that they're dropping him. They're dropping him. He's sixty-one percent owned now. They're dropping, and, and I don't blame you because listen, he's not going to put up more than forty. It just he's a centerman, so he's not even at a position of value. No, no, no. And uh, and just to switch over to New Jersey for a second, uh, if they're so bad, they're last in the NHL. When do you trade Taylor Hall? Is becoming the question of of the team because listen, this was your year to show Taylor Hall. Hey, please stay. This guy's not staying, and, and you don't want to risk a Tavares situation where the guy walks for nothing. Hey, they're trading Taylor Hall, Nick, at, by the trade deadline. Like, no questions asked. If if they keep sucking, which eh, they, they, they probably will, this guy's moving. So that'll be a topic that we will definitely be touching on later on. Well, and not to mention, just yesterday, they, uh, they brought in the assistant GM to be behind the bench. So they fought, they canned one of the assistant coaches, took the assistant GM, the guy who's upstairs, and said, hey, we need you to spy and see what's going on behind the bench because we're pretty, you know, pissed off about this 0-6 start. We're going to implant this, this, this mole into the, uh, (laughs) into the, into the coaching staff and we want to know what's going on. So, uh, that's like Anaheim last year. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. Ray Shiro went to a second-hand man and said, hey, I don't know about this, you know, this head coach of ours. You find out what's going on down there. So uh, that's what they've done. Um, John Hines, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, the the alien-looking coach of the New Jersey Devils. He is on the hot seat right now. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to you here. Oh, four and 2 uh, collapsing defeats too, like not just losses, but like blowing three goal leads, blowing four yeah. one games, losing games in overtime, and and tonight tonight's the big one. It's uh it's it's them against uh, Rangers on yes. national TV. Yeah, Capo Caco versus Jack Hughes, and Man. and Jersey's already losing on home ice. It's one nothing. Uh, ah. Jack Hughes on the ice for the goal against. Yes, I've like, Nick. 
I love this storyline. I can't get this through enough. I love this. Yeah, you want this team to just go 0-16, lose their next 10. Yeah, and like, then you, you'd you love know, that. I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. Like uh Taylor Hall, does he want to stay after this debacle of a start? Who knows? Oh god, no. Um it it's just it's a dark environment. It's a team that had high hopes. You brought in Subban, you know, you you were ready to make a push for the playoffs. We both had them higher in our standings, not playoff teams, but higher yeah. in our standings. Yeah. And and here they are. And and Jack Hughes, I'm I'm not too surprised because I you know I'm no expert on Hughes. I'm not going to call myself an expert, but in the highlights I saw of him in those US NDDP games, he felt like a fly. Like that was my first observation. He looks small in this mm-hmm. league, and that's only amplified when when he's playing against grown men in the NHL. So he doesn't. He's he's not built for the show just yet, and and I'm not surprised. I haven't been watching New Jersey games. I was hoping to tune in for a little bit of the game tonight, but um, yeah. he just he, he I'm not I'm not surprised to see he's struggling out of the gate here. Yeah, and yeah, I I I agree with you. I kind of want to watch that game afterwards as well, just because the whole Kako huge thing. Now Kako hasn't lit up it's the his, league either. It's his home moment. Like it, let's face yeah. it, if you're a first overall pick. You should be able to perform under pressure, you know, when the chips are against you. Yes. And 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 this is the game to step up. Pierre Maguire's there. He's in between the benches. Oh, national yeah. TV. You can make up for the 0-6 start in your pointless season tonight. Yeah. And so far, he's a minus one through 10 minutes. Yeah. And like you said it there just now. If you perform tonight, everyone forgets everything right. that happened before this. If you perform tonight. Yeah. But and but this is the spotlight game, so it could go either way. If you don't, if you if you suck out a th- minus three, then we got mm-hmm. we got issues. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna have coaches fired, and then we're gonna have <sighs> it's gonna be mayhem, debacle, city. It's gonna be. Oof, but nasty. but here's the thing: this isn't sus- like we were just brought up with the Oilers. Is this? Is not talking the team production. I could see New Jersey, like I could actually see them being shit and like be getting a top five pick again. I could. Yeah. But yeah. as far as the Hughes, is this sustainable? Like, does he become Nail Yakupov all of a sudden, or is, or is that to be going that far would be a little much? No, that that's a little much. I I have no doubt this player is going to be a great player. Uh, there's too much pedigree there. There's too much skill. The family, obviously, you, Quinn Hughes is awesome. It, there's too much there. It's not going to happen, but I think this first year, he it's going to be a wake-up call. He's going to have to bulk up a little bit, and then everyone's going to take a step back and realize, oh, you know what? Maybe they can't just like go in at weighing 160 pounds. Maybe this isn't uh, safe for these fucking NHL players to be you know, going into the corners with, uh, with Shea Weber at 160. It, it might be a wake-up call like that, so... We will uh, we will monitor that situation, but it's, well, it's cool. And and another thing, um, uh, what was I going to mention? If if Hall if Hall leaves, <coughs> yeah. I mean that's an enormous amount of pressure on the kid because it's a lot easier being there when there's already a franchise guy, you know, a a, a Hart Trophy winner, a yep. guy who's 28 leading the group. Like if I'm Hughes, I feel safer when he's around there. Mm-hmm. But if he leaves. All of a sudden, it's you and Nico Heischer, and the pressure's yeah. on the two of you, and that doesn't sound like too bright a situation to me. No, and and Nico Heischer hasn't established himself as a guy that you can hide behind a shadow in because yeah. it's not like he is a star in the league yet. Sure, uh, and you know what we said? We touched on this earlier, I think, is that this is a soft-looking lineup. This is a soft-looking center depth. 
because I mean Nico Heischer's not a big guy, Hughes is not a big guy. It's just like I can see teams just running the gamut on this on these guys physically. Maybe that's what's going wrong here. I'm like I haven't looked at all the games, but maybe that's what's going wrong here. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um very, very one of the definitely the the few teams you want to circle and, and keep an eye on in the next few games here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, why don't we do a quick couple of shout outs? I know you wanted to highlight some players there. Uh let's let's get that out of the way mid show here. Yeah, I mean, first I'll go with guys who have been drafted in fantasy leagues. Guys who we didn't know what we were gonna get, but we've seen what they've done so far. And they've just very they've jumped off the board to me and impressed me. Uh, the first being Matt Duchesne in Nashville. Mm. And you, this the is the time there. where you can pat you can pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Um, this to me, this this all looked good from a you know outsider emotional standpoint. I mean, the country, the country guitar stringing fuckboy is off to Nashville, <laughs> and we're gonna see if he performs. You know, he's he's where he wants to be, but can he perform? And and he looks great. I mean, he yes. looks like not only is he fit in off the ice, but on the ice, he's like he's getting he's like facilitating all the offense. And watching these highlights, mm. and he and he's finally Philip Forsberg seems to he, he seems to have found like a guy who he likes to play with, like a guy who can dish dish, dish him the puck on the power play and add even strength, and that's been Matt Duchesne. They they formed this bromance early, which is really interesting to see. Um, that's amounted to uh, just you know nine points in six games. I mean that's great. And and Nashville, rightfully so, they've looked really good uh, like out of the gate. They just beat down Vegas in Vegas five two the other night. So they're they're an early looking team that looks like that trade really paid off for them. And and I'm happy for him. Like I'm actually happy he's he's not only where he wants to be, but he's playing a pivotal role on that team and doing well. And then the other guy I want to mention who's been drafted extensively, but you didn't really know what you were going to get out of him, is Patrick Line. Mm. Maybe he doesn't have the same you know fanfare. I know you were very hard on him the last you know last segment last, last episode, and rightfully so after his comments. Yeah. But he hey he complained. He got his spot on the top line. It's now Wheeler, Shifley, and and Line, mm. and the guy is putting up. He's a multi cat. Uh, he's covering everything. He's got 18 hits, 24 shots. Okay, he's got 12 points in the span of eight games. He's producing on the power play, fourth overall ranked in Yahoo. Like mm. he he complained, he whined, and he got he got his you know he got where he wants to be. Was just named second star of the week in all the NHL. Like he he's he's backing up what he said. Like the worst would have been if he complained, acted like a bitch, and couldn't back it up. But yeah. at least he got his spot on the top line, and he's backing it up, and he's doing it in style. He looks like dominant. And, uh, and, and it's just, it, it's interesting to see what's going on there in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And don't we feel like a couple ass in the winds for not drafting that guy where he should have well, been drafted? Well, he went late. He, he kind of dropped because people didn't know what, what, what to make of it. He wasn't signed, you yeah. know, at the time. So yeah. there was, there was a lot of, you know, people sitting around and just waiting to see what would happen. And just looking at it right now, he went, he went 60th overall. Boy, what a gamble! Um, so, so to put this into perspective, Timo Meyer oh, went ahead. That hurts. Uh, John Klingberg, Mark Giordano. Um, I mean, good, good and this guys. is the one. This is the really, this is the really stinky one, Kyle. Joe Pavelski oh, went ahead of Patrick Line. And I'm so I mean, gonna get there. 
Let, hold Joe off Pavelski on Joe Pavelski. Joe, I, I want, Joe I'm Pavelski get got his first point. Uh, Fucking <laughs> he got like his, brutal. He got like his. He got his first goal with Dallas eight games in, uh, just the other night. Jamie Ben, he got two points in eight games. Those two guys went ahead of Patrick Line in our draft. Boy, man, yeah. mem- remember when I called you? I said, Nick, who would you rather have? Yeah. Player A or Joe Atkinson, Pavelski? Atkinson or Pavelski? Yeah, you you gave me a pause. Joe Pavelski. And I'm like, well, okay, I, yeah, fuck yeah, this and guy. rightfully so. The Sharks fan in me. You want an unbiased answer? Let's yeah, be honest, unbiased. You're going to get that given my <laughs> given my history. Um, you know, and 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 what a debacle he's been. So uh, yeah, yeah. I know you're going to get into them shortly, but uh, yeah, those were just a few names I had that I wanted to give a shout out to in, in like a positive light. Oh, mm-hmm. and then another guy, uh, not fantasy related, but you know, Patrick Marlowe. Mm-hmm. A very interesting story. So the Sharks started 0-4. Kyle was ready to rip me on air about my favorite team struggling out of the gate and and struggling they did. I was about to ha- I was prepared to have a hot take on this show, really, you know, to be down on them because I watched all their games and they, they were awful. Mm-hmm. Awful to start the year. Slow. They reminded me of the LA Kings from last year, mm-hmm. where I where I had all these high hopes and then I was about to jump off the ship. And 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 you know, like nothing, they signed Marlowe. It is Patrick Marlowe? Um, I mean, amazing story. I mean, he 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 isn't able to get a contract. Doug Wilson doesn't want to pay him a thing. He he trusts his young San Jose Barracuda forwards to provide him with the with the production instead of Marlowe. The Sharks come out zero and four. I'm pissed. They're pissed. I'm about to jump off the ship. I'm not impressed with them. And 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 like nothing, the guy puts up two goals in Chicago's home opener, leading them to a five-four win for their first win of the season. And since then, they win their next two games. So now they're three and four. They're a perfect three and zero with Patrick Marlowe, and 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 Marlowe has been a huge part in their uh, in in their efforts so far. I mean, in the, in the, he's got three points in three games, and he's really just solidified, uh, you know, that top six. So uh, good for Marlowe, uh, good guy. Couldn't have happened to a better guy, and and it's good to see he found he found his place in San Jose. They're happy with him. He's happy with them, and they're back in the running here. Just a game under five hundred. Mm, yeah, super happy for Marlowe there. Uh, I have to give a really huge shout out right now, just live here on the spot. Victor Mete has scored his first NHL goal of his career just now. So that is Ouch. such a long time coming, and he's finally got it against the Minnesota Wild. Another loss for the Minnesota Wild. The team that the second yeah. they go down one nothing, they've lost. They pack it in, and it's over. Yeah, so that's that's done, and Montreal needs a win too. I want to I want to do a, a quick shout-out to sort of to a line, uh, and we talked about this line. Uh, we were very perceptive of this line. The, the Detroit number one line has looked fantastic. Mm-hmm led by Dylan Larkin. Uh, Bertuzzi's a good guy there. I regret dropping him for sure. Nice. Uh, just things didn't work out at the moment. And, of course, Nick picked up my scraps, as he's done three times so far. <laughs> um, but this guy, Anthony Mantha, uh, that's someone we and Pierre talked about too. But one thing that should be mentioned as well, not only is he putting up goals most for the most part and points, the guy's a shooting machine. He just he's firing off like four shots a game, sometimes six, and it's that power play spot. He's he's playing the OV spot now, and it's like he's worked on his shot all summer. Just that one time clapper, 
and the guy has mastered it. It looks great. So that Detroit top line is is really keeping those guys up and you know, for better or worse because they they'd like to bottom out one more time, but they're they're a great line. They've got a a great mix of talent there. Uh, and everyone has a role that is well-defined, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. But that guy, Anthony Mantha, look out for 35 goals. It's coming. And and The maybe, goals are, hey, yeah, they're, they're, they're nice goals, too. They're great. Like, they're, they're like very entertaining. This guy is um, a pure power forward sniper mix. It's a hybrid. It's beautiful. It's so But nice. again, you got to be cautious because speaking team-wise, they're the definition of a one-line team. Oh, yeah. Like oh, no one else is scoring. I, no, I, no. I am spot starting goalies against this team like 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 nothing. Of course I'm going to do it because the rest of the team doesn't scare me. So if the top line's not producing, this team's they look like dog shit. So um, the top line is great, uh, great story. Like you said, happy for Bertuzzi and mm-hmm. Larkin, who I both own. But uh, you know, we'll see if it actually translates to some uh, sustained team success here. Yeah, they're they're fun to watch, but uh, yeah, if you're all good with the shoutouts, we'll move right along. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Who you got next? I, I assume you got another team. Yeah, it, it's a good one. It, it it's Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabers, and to me, this is a lot of pieces long in the making, finally clicking together. Uh, it it just comes down to the question of whether they're actually legit. So right now, I'm I'm having a bit of a case of deja vu here, Nick. Uh, Buffalo near the top of the East, near the top of the NHL. It does sound familiar. It did happen last year. They were top of the NHL above Tampa Bay for a decent time last year, and they came plummeting down. So we've this year we're looking at Eichel Magic, Darlene Magic, Olafson. Who the fuck's that? Magic. Skinner's doing his job. Reinhardt's having a great start. He's looking like he's settling into the uh, a good career guy, hitting his prime. I think you've got a lot of good guys, young, who are starting to really find themselves um, and stuff like that in Buffalo. And hey, listen, I don't know if I like the depth forward still. I, I don't think that is a good part of their system there. And I don't see them holding on to this top of the division. But listen, uh, I see something a little bit different with this team from last year. I think uh, while they won't maintain their, their magic... I could see them as a strong, maybe front runner of a wild card spot uh, at this point. And things are just looking like they're working now. And Dalene is a, is a totally different guy. He's now taking the reins. Rasmus Ristolainen has faded into uh, obscurity here. Like, who is that guy? Because Dalene has now taken full control of that blue line. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Darlene, and it, it relates to the power play, of course, and it's a dominant power play. It might be the top in the league right now. Yeah. Um, it's just so it's so powerful because Skinner plays that bumper position as well as anybody. He just mm-hmm. he really knows how to play that position. Reinhardt is that presence in front of the net. Darlene is at the top of the circle, and and he's just he's either passing it to his left where he's got he's got Jackie Eichel ready for the one timer, or mm-hmm. he's passing it to his right for my boy Victor Olafson. So uh, you know he's and and here's the thing with Olafson, I call him the uh, the poor man's Jack Eichel because Come he's producing on. at the same rate but at a cheaper price. He's got six goals in seven games, all six coming on the power play. May I mention um, the shot rates there? Uh, he's right at the top of the rookie scoring uh, race right now, and I think him and Kale McCarr 
are the two leading candidates for the rookie of the year. So again, my only concern with this team, can the goaltending hold up? I know Hudden's been good to start. Um, can he keep it up? That's, that's a golden question. And, um, you know, that, that, that's, that's the number one concern for me. If the goaltending stays true, then I, mm-hmm. like you said, I could see them challenging for the wild card. And, and it's funny because Pierre was actually the biggest pundit who was on board with them. Pierre called yeah. them a playoff team at the start of the year. And he's been, he's been tooting their horn every morning when he's on the radio saying Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he's taking all the credit for that one as he usually does. Again, live here, everybody. Uh, I got to chime in with another historical first. Nick Suzuki gets his first oh. NHL goal of his career. Again, Minnesota, just a fucking joke of a team. So, We're in the first, and guys are setting career fucking firsts in left, right, and center here. I I may as well jump in here with my Minnesota take. Yeah, why uh, not? I don't think this, this playoff prediction of mine is going to end well here. You put them um, in the playoffs? I had them in my wild card. Yeah. Oh, that stinks! I thought, I thought, I thought all the drama with the GM gone would would you know would really do a lot. I bought into their like defense first mindset. I read the statistics to you. I read what Dom Luchichin of the Athletic said last episode. <laughs> you know, you I was really fucker. excited, and and now it looks like they're going to be one six and one after this loss to Montreal. Oh. Dubnik Dubnik has been very bad for me. I'm about to jump off the Dubnik train. I I may have had enough. Yeah, uh, four forty four four forty four goals against eight sixty seven oh, save percentage. Oh, 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 um, and and like you know, with all the goalies I own in fantasy, I immediately become a fan of that team. I listen to the coaches and their interviews. Here's just some quotes from from Bruce, our boy Bruce, about their performance so far. Quote: We're not we're not going to score five goals a night. We got to hold teams to one and two. If we do that, we have success. Mm. Six, five is not in our repertoire. We've given up 21 goals in four games for a team that takes a lot of pride since I've been here and being one of the better defensive teams for the most part. Goal scoring is not being (laughs) Uh, goal scoring is not our forte. Defending has got to be our forte if we're going to win. I mean, those are all quotes that on paper, they sound great. I get all excited about, but they're just not translating to success right now. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, man. Hey, like I, and you gotta, you gotta quit that athletic uh, membership right now because these guys are feeding you a bunch of vile bullshit. First with the sorry con man, Corey prawn man, giving you that shit about the average 2020 draft average. I'd say it's Mm. average. And then this fucking Dom Luchician who's going, yeah, Minnesota Wild? Yeah, they might be good. And then 16th, Nick... He ranked them 16th in the league in his boy, ranking. They, he, this, that athletic is costing you more money than you know. You know it that? It might be, yeah. Yeah, big I time. paid to subscribe to the athletic, and my $20 in this fantasy pool is not looking too good right now. No, it's not looking very and, and safe. And as somebody, as somebody who prides themselves on their goaltending every year, who really takes pride in their in their goalies, their St. Louis and their San Jose goalies, this is not looking good for me right now. Uh, l- last week, last week, my splits, 366 goals against, 888 save percentage. How do you like that? I don't. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I do not like it whatsoever. Yeah, it's so, sad. Uh, yeah, very sad. And, it's okay. and Dub- Dubnik, Dubnik didn't even start tonight. He's losing his starting job. So 
boy. It's, and and that, the other guy, the that. other guy's not doing much better. I guess he might. They might throw him in there. Yeah, he'll 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 see. He'll see. He'll see. He'll see and, and and like like Jeff O'Neill said, I loved his take. He was like, it's as if the old GM of the Minnesota Wild came out came onto the the front lawn of the new GM, took a massive dump, gave a wave, and just left. <laughs> that that's the situation. That he said that. It is in. Oh my that. god, that's he's, awesome! He's like, it's been two months. It's been two months. This new GM's been working there, and and that's what it's been like. The old GM came, took a dump on your front lawn, smiled, gave a wave, and left. That is classic. And now he's got to sort out this mess. Classic O dog. That's awesome. Probably the quote of the year so far. And 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 Boudreau. Boudreau after every game is going. Oh, I, I wish I had a magic wand I can wave to make my team faster, but I can't. Ah, 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 ah. He literally said that verbatim. So they just uh, sound helpless. Like the I, quotes sound helpless. Like this is dark. This team might get laugh. I know you don't want that to happen, oh but it might God. happen. That would be something scary. That would be nasty, actually. He'd look bad in a Minnesota jersey. I, that's one thing I've never pictured. I cannot <laughs> picture that. It might I, happen. I pictured everything else, but this I can't see. Him with lining up with and, who? And Fucking Eric Stahl? Here's my stance. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Well, he, here's my stance. The second Boudreaux's fired, like the second he's off the ship, I'm off the ship. So, like, I'm still going to keep Dubnik. I'm still going to invest in the team. I'm still going to watch their games. But the second Boudreaux's gone, I'm gone. Yeah, you know what? For the sake of Boudreaux's health and his blood pressure, I hope he's out of there soon. <laughs> Because he yeah. must not be living very well right now. Yeah. I worry for yeah. the man. Well, the the stat I read the other day was he he's one coach who's been under three different GM tenures. So in his, <coughs> in his stint in Minnesota, there's been three different GMs. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's That's got to be near a record there. I mean, yeah. that just doesn't happen. Usually it's the other way around. One GM and three coaches during their tenure. But he, yeah. here, it's, here it's the other way around. And it, and it goes to show the crazy drama surrounded with that team mm -hmm. because usually the coach is the first guy to get the axe, but the owner has the mind to say, oh, maybe it's the fucking general manager I keep hiring. So hopefully they got it right now. I I, I just don't like, yeah, I, I don't like the future there either. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of work to do there. It's going to be nasty for a little while. So hopefully they fucking figure it out. Moving on. Moving on. This is a really fun topic too. Uh, I, it, it this one perplexes me. It's going to be the Dallas Stars, and what I want to start with, I'm just going to read you off some stat lines. Well, I'll read off some stat lines, and then we'll talk about maybe something that's going wrong here. Uh, for, on the forefront, Jamie Ben, the guy who we thought might rebound this year, eight games, two points. Tyler Sagan, the team's number one center, the team's number one star. Eight games, four points. Radulov, four points. Joel Pavelski, you touched on him. Uh, he might be this power play god in front of the net. Tipping pucks. And like you said, elite tipping pucks. Two points, eight games. John Klingberg, number one in ice time on the team. Team's number one defenseman. Eight games, one point. Roop, Rupert hints. The team's leading scorer, for Christ's sakes. Five points in eight games. And the only guy, uh, in my mind, doing a good job other than Hintz. Heiskanen has four points in eight games. Not going to be too long until he unseats John Klingberg for that number one spot. 
So those are the forwards, Nick. Those are the those are the forwards, the players. That's nasty. So your top guys are not getting it done. And then of course Bishop has uh, numbers in the toilet as well. You can flush that right now. Uh, what the hell's going on that here? That was the number one goalie. Like in drafts, that was yeah. the number oh my. one goalie. Could you imagine what the what those drafters are thinking right now? People took Bishop like number ten overall. That is Top 10 freaking pick. brutal. That is brutal. And, and he was that's across gotta the be board. The biggest, that's got to be the biggest dump of the draft so far. Oh, it, like yeah. If you, like all the top pick. Like I'm looking at our draft. The top 20 picks, Bishop went number 20. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. By by who? Sickening. Who took him? Uh, give me puck. Oh, my God. That's Bradshaw. Bradshaw. So, wow. Bradshaw As gets if we fucked weren't twice. On him enough oh, that's awesome. Bradshaw <laughs> gets fucked twice. Doesn't pick he's McDavid. Got Ma- he's got Malkin too. Oh. This guy is crazy. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, it su- sh- suits him right because he never traded with me that much. So, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't have any insight too much on Dallas. I haven't watched them. Uh, from what I can see, the stars are not getting it done. Like the stars on the stars. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben, like I was so, I'm so disappointed. I thought, you know, he had a really good training summer. Why is Pavelski not working out? Why is nothing working? Is it the coaching? Is it something to do with the coaching? I know you love the coaches. Uh, yeah. And it's not like they're all that stout defensively. They're getting lit up from what I can see. They're just losing games left, what, right, and what center. I- what I heard, and this is coming from Pierre, is the executions there. Like the the coaching's fine, the game plan's fine, everything's fine. They're not finishing. They lack finish. Hey. So they're generating the chances. They're generating. They're doing the right things, but they're not finishing. They're not getting puck luck. The puck's not bouncing in the right direction. That's what he's saying. So you're saying this is going to turn around pretty quick? Yeah, he's saying it well. So the while they're saying the coach is on the hot seat one six and one, I don't buy that. You know, this let's not forget this guy literally just came into the league fresh and willed them to a West semifinal last year, took St. Louis, the cup champs, to game seven double overtime. Yeah. I don't think you just fire the coach after a one and no. six one six and one start. You give him a long leash. I think he certainly has a longer leash than like a John Hines in New Jersey or a Boudreaux in Minnesota. Um and, and you see what happens, you know? Yeah, it's just they're running out of time because I know they, uh, you know, if you, bad starts like crawl this back. Yeah, can can plague a whole season. Just like good starts can really let you coast. Uh, I'll give you a quick little uh, little interesting tidbit. The Toronto Maple Leafs in, in the 2019 calendar year, they're not a playoff team. From January 1st, 2019 to now, this team has a, a mediocre record and they're not a playoff team, which is crazy to think about. But they coasted on a, on a really fantastic start, and uh, yeah, it's they don't have too much runway here to suck like this because they're not looking good. And I want them to do well. Like this team with all these guys, like come on, man, it's crazy. I don't think you do. I don't think you like this team. Well, I I want to see. There's some. I don't like the team. Don't get me wrong. I I want to see guys. Team. You hate this team. You you don't no, like teams no. that don't score. This team is the definition of defense first. Uh, we're just we're not no depth one line offense uh, southern hockey market you don't like this team I don't like the team I, I like the individuals I, I like Ben a lot he used to be one of my favorites Sagan I like a lot 
and Heiskanen I like a lot. I want to see those guys do well. I'm not happy with uh, with what's going on. Not in the, not at all. Mm. Okay. okay. That's okay. all I've got on Dallas. Yeah, there's not much you can say there. Uh, really quick, well, oh, maybe not. Montreal, we got to talk about. I, I just mentioned some career first right there. Off to a good start, but uh, it's got to be mentioned the Druan Magic. Uh, so as you know, he's been off to a fantastic start. The storyline is like this. Last year, he had a great start to the season, near point per game for more than half the season. In the last 26 games, he disappeared, turned into a ghost, Casper, the Casper effect. And and then in the preseason, it kept going. He was terrible in the preseason. And then all this drama, all this negative darkness came back, and they're like, when are we going to trade this guy? And uh, and obviously that news about his summer training. Oh yeah, we watched a lot of video. I don't need any uh, like mental fortitude training like McKinnon does. I don't need any of that stuff. I'm I'm good with my video watching. So what happens is Drewen goes on a career tying a career high in point streak, uh, six games in a row, and he's got a point tonight as well. He he missed out on the, the last game. He's playing fantastic. From what I'm seeing, he's looking like the guy I fell in love with in Tampa. His legs are moving a million miles an hour. He's hustling like crazy. Nick, I haven't seen him skate like this since he was that fresh rookie in in Tampa Bay. And now the hustle has turned this fan base and and just turned that hatred on a dime, a 180. And um, they did the interview with him just uh, just earlier on in the week. And... uh, you know, he acknowledged the crowd, and all of a sudden, this 45-second standing ovation at the Bell Center. And it was a, a beautiful moment, and he, he tried to speak again. And the, the crowd kept cheering. And when I saw this on my phone, I was like, it it, it, it nearly brought tears to my eyes. I, I was welling up. I was welling up like my dog had died. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And uh, it, it, it was like a coming home uh, gift from this fan base. And then you know what I did? I set my alarm for 3 a.m. the next day and I said, listen, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I can't pick him up today because all my guys have played, but I will not lose out to Nick, who I know has seen this video probably as well. And I know you'd, you'd want to screw me on something like this. So I, I dropped uh, the real deal, James Neal, for a guy that, uh, and I'll tell you why, because I wanted, this guy's going to be on my roster long term. He's now a staple on my roster. He's not just a, a pickup. Uh, I, I've restored um, faith in Jonathan Drouin, and it's not because of his stats, it's because of how he's playing. And it, it's really awesome to watch. I think this is going to be a breakout year for him, and uh, I'm very optimistic. See, it's funny you're saying this. When three weeks ago we sat here and you you were all out and you jumped off the ship you said it's over and and i said there's still i think there's something left here and uh sure enough here we are here we are yeah but everything was like there was no sign you had an awful preseason you had every yeah. reason to say what you were saying but from my perspective i you know the coach was still giving him the opportunity he was still on the top power play still manning the point he was trying to do his best juggling the lines is he playing with cock and yemi is he playing with domi flopping him around and then now all of a sudden he looks like he's skating he's got that extra step in him um and yeah like like they said in that article i i I sent you um it's almost like a moment two years in the making you Mm -hmm. know 
Like yeah. he, he hadn't found his way. And finally it looks like he's found his, his, his spot there at home. And, yeah. and it's good to see because it's been a long journey. Like, uh, Pierre was t- like, when they mentioned the hot start to Pierre, he's like, you know, Pierre was talking about how back in the day, this is like a huge throwback. Uh, you know, Pierre was there when Steve Yzerman and Drewan had a talk one-on-one in the hallway and Pierre was was creeping around the corner listening to oh, what they were saying. What a moment. And 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 they were standing right next to each other and Yzerman like very determined in a very determined tone <coughs> said, "Listen, and this was the day after the tra- trade deadline. They had just traded Connolly out of out of out, out of uh, uh Tampa and he said, "Listen, I just traded one of our one of our forwards, one of our depth forwards. I did it to make room for you on the roster and you better commit now." This is your opportunity. This is your chance. Don't blow it. And he blew it. And he, you know, he wasn't professional on or off the ice. But now, finally, when you look at that story, look at it four years later, it, it's it's kind of, you know, it makes you happy, you know, to, to mm. see the kid finally find his way. And what a, uh, what a, a full circle from a guy mm-hmm. who people dumped on for so long. And and here, listen. It's a small sample size, but all I'm saying is, if he keeps up this effort level, that's what we're always looking for. This effort level, then he will be just fine, and he'll be one of Montreal's best players. So but here's awesome. the thing: I hate to be the bearer of bad news, oh. but Mikhail Sergachev, six points in seven games, sixty-one overall ranked in Yahoo. He's having a great start to his season by all accounts here, statistically. And just like on ice, you know, you know, from a defensive standpoint as well, he's a he's a plus seven. Um, you can't discount him too. And he had a great game when Tampa came into Montreal and and, and beat them three one the other night. So, you know, as much as you want to toot the horn of Drewan, I think there's always going to be this cloud over him, comparing him to Sergachev, comparing the trade. And I still think Tampa is on top in that respect. Yeah, for now. Never liked Sergeyev. No. Just never, never liked. And here's him. the thing with Jodro. Here's the thing with Jodro. He always sucks against the Lightning. He never yeah, plays well against the yeah, Lightning. Yeah. And you look at his stats. He's got a point in every game except for that last game against the Lightning. Yeah. He was a minus weird. two. Yeah. Which is it, it's sad because I even tweeted out. I said, uh, "Yeah, this is the rebirth of an age-old rivalry: Jonathan Duran versus John Cooper." And I was mm-hmm. so fired up, and people like people were liking my tweet. They're like, "Oh yeah, this is awesome!" And then nothing mm-hmm. happened. So I was like, "Ah, fuck exactly. this." You gotta wait till playoffs. Yeah, but uh, oh fuck, I forget. Uh, another former Lightning like player did really well that night. I f- totally forget who it was, but. But they they showed up for sure. But yeah, it, it is what it is. He's got a point tonight. He's, he's awesome. He's gonna get seventy for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, the last little bit. I I want to say one quick thing about act, the actual team itself. Um, I'm not. Yeah, call it cautious optimism. Uh, the d- defense has seemed a little poor, and to be honest, Weber has looked quite bad. Quite bad indeed, Nick. Not a, not a good look for the old old man. Uh, Price has kept them in a lot of these games that that we're seeing, and uh, just based on that fact, the, and the, just knowing how really not that good they are in the standings, it's not a very encouraging start to the season here. Uh, for the most part, I'd say the young kids don't appear to be fully ready for prime time. 
Uh, and I'd be very cautious about naming these guys a strong playoff contender. I think teams like Buffalo have maybe eked up in front of them. Uh, just that defense is it's giving me a little bit of worry. Price shouldn't have to be standing on his head and still being lit up for four goals. It, it's not fun to watch. Um, but maybe this goal from Nick Suzuki and the fellas might uh, quell some of those uh, problems. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have much to tell you about this team. Haven't watched much of them. Watched the Leaf game, of course. That hurt as a Leaf fan, seeing them come back in that game and, and willing them to a victory. Um, and it just beefs up the rivalry between these two teams. I mean, they'll be facing off, uh, I believe, next Saturday yet again at the Bell Centre this time. And, mm. and it's fun to see the Leafs and Canadians oh, kind of a rivalry yet again. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, that that last game was amazing. This one, mm-hmm. I'm sure. It's oh, game gonna of be, the year, game of the year for sure. So far, yeah, I'd say, I'd say. And then, uh, yeah, this one's gonna be a good one too. But that's technically all I have on my list. I know you wanted to maybe touch on the Leafs a little bit, uh, if you wanted to get into that. I th- yeah, I think we owe it to our many of our listeners are Leaf fans, so I think we owe it to them. And of course, yeah. it's fitting given I, I, the latest news, the latest hockey news as we film this or as we record this episode on this October 17th is, of oh, course, Lord. John Tavares out the next two weeks with a broken finger. Aren't you uh, happy? Kind of, kind of funny <laughs> because he, he, he hurt himself with like five minutes left in the game last night. And then he right afterwards scored a beautiful goal with two minutes left. So with mm. that broken finger, he somehow, you know, smacked a beautiful wrist shot top corner on Samsonov in the caps. But to no avail as the Leafs lost 4-3. Uh, to me, I think there's two things to look at with this team. Obviously not the ideal start. 4-3, and three, I think 4-3-1. and one. Um, mm-hmm. You're probably pretty happy about that. Um, yep. We know where you stand in that respect. Uh, and it's not getting any easier. Uh, two games against Boston coming up this coming mm. Saturday and then next Tuesday. Um, that's a back-to-back. So it's a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back. They're in Columbus for the front part of that one. And then next week as well, San Jose Friday night, Montreal Saturday night. So it's a tough schedule. This tough October continues. Uh, Babcock continues to be under the gun. My, my first question is for you is, A, what do they do with these lines? How do you see this coming in the next two weeks? What do they do here? And my second question is, what do you think of this goaltending? What do you think about the backup? How do you think he's played? And uh, do you think Mike has been not utilizing these guys correctly, not really putting them in the right order here as far as Hutchison one game, Anderson the next game? Uh, yeah, let's let's start with the lineups, I guess. Um, a popular notion and one that I really like um, is throwing Matthews up a line. So Matthews is going to join the Marner group. And then I'd, I'd actually like to put Nylander at center, just see how that goes. And he, he's had a really good start to the year. I liked what I've seen from him. We know he can play that role. I know Mike Babcock has been uh, hesitant to use him there. But uh, I think he could he could cap him down that, that second line there. And then really just kind of fill in the pieces as necessary. I'd like to see Mikheyev, who's had a great start, up on that top unit with uh, Matthews and Marner. I think that could be a really good line. Uh, and then third line, you know, Kerfoot's going to anchor that and, and just kind of insert as necessary. You've got the depth to to weather this kind of storm. And, uh, and who knows, this might be, you know, Marner and Tavares hadn't got off to the most amazing start. It might be a good thing for them just to kind of 
you know, see different people. Tavares sees the game from up top, you know, just, just kind of shuffle the deck here. Uh, your next question was goaltending. Um, yeah, I know Hutchinson. What's your confidence with this Hutchinson? Yeah, I at the beginning of the season, I would have said it, I'm fairly confident in this guy. Uh, I think they're fucking dying for, uh, what's his name, Curtis McElhaney. Fuck. They, like, they didn't know what kind of gift they had in that backup when they had him. But, uh, yeah, my confidence has waned with this guy. I, I think that uh, Mike Babcock, you know, with all this controversy and, and so-called hot seat rumors, uh, is going to be really hesitant to play this guy. I think that uh, you, you want Freddie in there who needs to still find his groove, find his rhythm. Uh, at the moment, especially with Tavares out, don't be surprised if we're seeing a lot more Freddie starts and, and consistently. Because, uh, yeah, Hutchinson hasn't inspired me very much so far. So I could see that becoming... Uh, I could see him riding the, the bench a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I, I for one, have not liked Hutchinson's play. As, as a goalie, I just don't like his... Uh, I don't like him, technically speaking. You know, he's kind of got a funky way of, of, of catching the puck. Uh, I, I, I don't particularly like the way he sets up. Uh, like he looks like he's fighting the puck a lot of the time, looked very shaky in their game against the caps last night. Um, but again, it's tough because they don't have the cap space. You can't just go out and sign a, a Louis Domingue for two mil a year. You can't do that. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're under the gun cap wise cause they're spending all the money up front hmm. and, and you're forced to go with this guy and the schedule isn't helping you. You have four back to backs in the first month. So he has to prove himself. Um, he Anderson, of course, needs the rest, but I just don't see this going well for him because his next start, like I said, it, it it's a back-to-back -back Boston and Columbus. If Mike keeps going with the way, he, like the problem with Mike is he keeps going Anderson the front half mm -hmm. and then uh, Hutchison on the back half. If that continues, Hutchison's going to be in Boston next week, and then the following week he's going to be in Montreal at the Bell Center. Like, if anything, you got to put the backup, give him the easier matchups. Putting, put him against Columbus. Put him against San Jose. Don't put him in Boston and at TD Garden at Boston. Like it's like he's not thinking this this Babcock character, and uh, and and it's not good. It's not good for Hutch, and it's not a good look. He's not doing him any favors. So uh, you know we saw that with the epic four three loss last night, and again drama circulating this team. It's drama this team doesn't need, mm -hmm. and uh, and the Tavares absence isn't going to help. You're, you're going to have to be forced to make Kerfoot a top six center. And and all of a sudden, Kyle, your three centers are Kerfoot, Spezza, and Nick Shore. Oh. Yeah, it is a bit of a drop -off. It's not good. Unless you put Nylander at center. Uh, yeah. You don't have Marlowe anymore. You can't put him at center. That, those are your centers mm -hmm. for the next two weeks against those teams I just mentioned. So, so yeah. good luck. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me two weeks from now when we convene and do the next episode, the Leafs are under 500. Yeah, I could see it. And uh, and unfortunately, Mike Babcock has molded this character for himself that is a coach that is very resistant to adapting and being flexible and willing to change. And uh, I think, like like you said, why wouldn't you um, strategically plan where you place your, your backup on that back-to-back -back situation? Like, mm -hmm. just wake up and, and adapt and... And just move with the times here and try different things. Yeah, if we don't see Nylander at center, I think it's a wasted opportunity because this is a perfect time to try something like that. 
Uh, and and yeah, th- this guy's lost a lot of favor for for fans in this city, and and I'm I'm no longer a fan for this team, but I, I could see why they're upset because uh, again, Matthews isn't getting the so-called ice time people are th- thinking he should need. Uh, the last two minutes of the game, last game, the guy doesn't see the ice when they're losing. They're they're down. They're down a goal. So it's like holy shit, what is this guy doing? But. <laughs> Um, like I, I will enjoy them being below 500. It's going to give me great pleasure. And, uh, and I'm just licking my chops for that, uh, Montreal Toronto game. I'll be in Jersey once again. Yeah. 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 No, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. And, and, and again, it's good for the game having these two teams, uh, you know, right up there and, and competing with each other. So, uh, is that all you got? I got one more thing I just want to I just want to throw in here. I just want to give a quick shout out to my uh, Fire 003 class. A uh, good group of uh, ladies and gentlemen in there, led by the the fearless leader Mike Smith. Uh, I just want to say hello to you guys, and hopefully I don't screw my sidebar. So uh, thanks for looking out, guys. Well said. Okay. On that note, uh, we both got places to be. So uh, with that said, we hope you enjoyed our first actual episode of the season where we got to analyze what had happened so far. And we look forward to getting back to you guys in a couple weeks time. What will happen in New Jersey? What will happen in Toronto? All those answers will come next episode. So until then, it's been a pleasure to serve you guys yet again. And until next time, Rink Moose is signing off.